Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brizenine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about who Jared and I wanted to be when we grew up, the most embarrassing things we ever did to get attention. And if you haven't watched that video, you definitely want to hear Jared's story. And <laughs> does our insecurity hold us back from believing in ourselves in <laughs> so much more? And since I just threw Jared under the bus, Jared, I'll let you start with what we're going to go today. <laughs> so today, um, man, we're, we're so... I got to tell you guys a story to tell you how we got to this topic today. All right. So you guys know off camera, me and Jesse have a lot of conversations and we game plan the talks. We talk about life. And so we were talking about childhood and everything else. And I made a statement and, um, you know, Jesse talked. Anyway, we were talking about it and the subject came up that, you know, people feel guilty or pain or like they have to defend or push away, you know, people because they made certain statements, right? People that they love, people that they care about, right? Because they, because of this whole cancel culture, this whole, you know, you know, social justice and everything else. Um, and, and even, you know, Christian faith and all that kind of stuff, right? And people are canceling people left and right. Like you said that, and so I can't be associated with you. You voted for this person, so I can never be associated with you. Um, and, and, and we even got deeper. Like, I, I told Jesse, I think part of the reason that people have an issue is that you feel like you have to defend people that you loved, right? Whether they were from an older generation or not, who may have been on a prejudice fence. Right, yeah. or made statements, and it's like, and 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 you know, and when somebody makes a statement, it's like they're attacking grandma or they're attacking grandpa or, or or somebody like that. When America was a different place and people looked at each other differently and didn't know each other and didn't really recognize each other and all that kind of stuff, and it's like, no, you know, you don't have to, def you don't, you can love your family member and you don't have to defend what their actions were that you were dis disagreed with now or agreed with or whatever and it doesn't make them a bad person for feeling that way or believing that way right actions talk right and 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 so now I'm not oh, gonna and, and two let me just add to it jared's oh. jared's being a good friend right now and trying to protect the specifics of my story so i want to i want to <laughs> give acknowledge Jared for that. And I also want to just give context to it too, because I think it, it, it bears better weight to what Jared's saying. I was, I was talking to him after, before, after we recorded last time and sharing with him about my grandma and how she had said some, you know, statements. And it was such a contradictory statement too, because she would say one thing, but she'd do another thing. And I was, then I went to tell him, and so then I started explaining it like, well, you know, she's, her father's Jewish. You can imagine the timeline he grew up in, what they experienced. So they're probably trying to learn this stuff. And then, but she would go and she'd treat this person this way. And, and you know, she'd talk about this person this way, but then when the, the gardener they had was Hispanic, she'd always make sure he had snacks and everything. So she'd say stuff, but then when she'd be actually be around people it was so different. And Jared stopped me and he said, Hey, Jesse, like, you don't have to defend loving your grandma. You don't have to defend loving your grandma. And 
I want to acknowledge you, Jared, for first doing that. And I think that's where it really bears weight to going in this, this, this conversation today. I think in the, in, in, in the current climate that we're, we're all existing in, if we're all really honest, we probably all have people that we love dearly in our lives that if we look back on some of the things they've said and done, they may not be things that we agree with. They may not be PC, it may not be, it may have been racist, it may have been wrong, it may have been sexist. And I think if we're all probably pretty honest, we've probably done some of the same stuff too. What's challenging and what I appreciate so much Jared saying last week is, it was like he was, he, was, he was reminding me, giving me permission that I don't have to grow as a human being by, I don't, my growth as a human being doesn't have to be a contingent on me defending and loving my grandma. I don't need a defender. I just need a lover. Yes. And, and I think that speaks to, again, the, the evolving the collective consciousness is the people we love, we love. You know, and Jared, I think, was even expanding on that. And Jared, please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but he was even saying, he's a man, like, think about if you ever watch those courtroom things and there'll be people whose, whose kids are going on trial for murder and there's still a mom and a dad crying because that's still their baby up there. Even though he did some horrific stuff, they still love him. Yes. And nobody, right? <clears throat> sorry, nobody expects them not to, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody expects you know, really the mother of this, of a murderer to be like, oh, I hate my son now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But people are going out there and be like, oh, my brother voted for Trump. I can never talk to him again. Yeah. And it's like, wow. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, 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 or the, the, you know, you, they're a Democrat, the communist. I can't, can't talk to you anymore. Right. And, and it's like, it, it's, it's, I don't even think that those emotions are real. And <laughs> I don't even think that those emotions are real. And before we got on today, right, I I um I was telling you, I said that uh, you know, the the good thing about all this PC stuff is that, you know, people are trying to be more considerate of other other people's emotions and blah, 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 but they take it too far. And then you like you interrupted me and corrected me and you said like the goal is for people to be um more attentive to their to other people's emotions is to be more attentive to their own emotions and then you like went into this long thing and um i can't even remember it but like you got to do it for these guys because it was a great explanation of of where I, I agree with you right where people need to be at people need to recognize how things are making them feeling and yeah, you did. You said it better than I can. <laughs> yeah, so an easy example. I was telling Jared, it's like, I think where the culture is going right now is it's like, I'm responsible for how you feel. I, I, it's, it's my responsibility. So think, and just think about that from a logical perspective. What you're asking me is to be so aware of who you are and what you're going through and what your journey's been to have this ability to do that, that, I need to be responsible then for how you feel. I need to be aware of all that stuff so I can anticipate how I say things and not just what I say, but how I say it, the tone, the tempo, everything. Yeah. Before you get too deep, tell a comedian story. Okay. Tell a comedian because that's a perfect example of everything you're talking about. <laughs> and so I challenged Jared this story. Maybe, gosh, it was probably about 10 years ago. There was a group of comedians that had come through town and they were performing and my friend had got us tickets and there's probably eight of us or so and we were sitting at the table and where my seat was, it was, I was, 
I was fairly close to the stage and I'm a, I'm a big guy. So I kind of stand out anyways. And when I was close and the, the lead act, he's a black guy and he would, he had said something and I reacted. And so he, he saw that I reacted and he kind of picked me. And for the next half an hour or so of his set, he kept coming back and using me as the punchline of the jokes for some of them. And he'd just be, you know, throwing a jab, throwing a jab, throwing a jab. But I, I was vibing with him. I saw what he was doing, you know, and he saw that I was playing along. And at some point, one of the people at the table was like, hey, aren't you offended by that? That's like some pretty bad stuff. And I didn't even think to be offended. And I was like, Wait, why would I be offended? Like the guy's funny. Like he's, you know, and then I was telling Jared. And so then after the whole thing's done, the, the comedian, he comes over and before he goes and signs uh, like the CDs, the tapes and all that stuff he's selling. So he's, he's there, he's getting paid to be there. And then part of how he makes his money is he's, he's selling stuff, right? He's selling his, 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 his set. Before he does that, he comes over to me, shakes my hand, says, hey man, thanks, that was great. You, you, really, you really helped out tonight. That's all, dude, you were awesome. And <clears throat> what I was sharing with Jared was, so here's this person over here. They're getting upset because they feel uncomfortable with what he's saying and what's going on. And they think I should be offended by it. In my head, I'm looking at this guy thinking like, you know, how many years, how many hours, how many minutes has he been practicing over and over and over again to get to this point where he's up there and he's able to do this? Like for me, it was such a huge honor to be able to be a part of something he's passionate about that I am guessing he's passionate about. And like, he chose me out of, you know, the 500 people or whatever in the room, he chose me to be the one to help him bring that magic alive. So now we can play in that space of, well, okay, well, that's a comedian. He's doing his job because I think that's some of the stuff we, we will kind of justify some of these conversations. But not today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because comedians are under fire too. Yeah. Not today. I mean, we, we're trying to, we're trying to keep them off of the plate for cancel culture, but like, but they keep they keep winding up there and in the news and everything else. It's 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 really like I love that story. So when when Jesse first told that story, I was like, ooh, I've been that guy. Not not the not the the Jesse guy. I've been the other guy. I'm like, I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I'm trying to. Were they serious? Like you know, yeah. I'm like I'm like wondering, are they just trying to be funny? And as Jesse told the story, I felt I was like so self-conscious when you were telling that story earlier. I was like, oh man, I was like, I've definitely, definitely taken jokes the wrong way. And like, they were just joking. But sometimes people are being malicious and we have to use discernment, right? And, and we have to use it discernment, not just when, you know, people are joking, being malicious, people are drunk and people are blah, 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 blah. You know, um, because it makes it makes a huge difference. Like I remember, who was it? Mel Gibson, a few years ago, might have been ten years ago now. He they had that drunk recording of him getting pulled over by the police. Yeah, and he made anti-Semitic statements, right? And everybody, you know, he's kind of past it now, but at the time, like everybody was on him. And it's like a, you know, people. People, people are them. Like I think people, a lot of people try to say people are themselves when they're drunk or blah blah blah. You you show your true colors when you're at your worst, right? <laughs> but um, the truth of the matter is, I I, don't, I wouldn't say people are themselves, right? Because we do have inhibitions. We do have, you know, layers to who we are, right? And and um, you know, sometimes when you're in a bad place or you're drunk or you're upset, you do and say things you normally wouldn't do. 
right? I remember, you know, uh, when I was young and, and a teenager, drinking underage, right? This is this is my best this is my best example. I could always talk about things. I never said anything crazy to my parents because my dad is crazy too. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know there are people out there that have said crazy things to their parents that they didn't mean. I know that there are parents out there that have said things to their children that they didn't mean, right? But um, I remember I was drunk. This is my example. I was drunk and I cursed to God like out loud in the middle of the street, right? And like, you know, gave, you know, and the God the finger, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I was like, life is fucked up and it's your fault. You're not doing anything about it, right? And, um, you know, I'm not highly religious, right? But I'm decently spiritual and, I, and, and you know, what I would consider God as the entity that is God, right? I love you know what I mean? Yeah. But in a drunken stupor, young youth age, I, you know, I did that. Right. And so, um, you know, people aren't necessarily, I think, I think we all, should, like you said, we should be more in touch with our own feelings. Now, now once you know that you told that story and now that I stumble left and right all over this stuff, right. <laughs> you finished yeah. explaining what you were saying earlier about, how what we can do when we're in touch with our own feelings and emotions and we, we, how we can better navigate stuff. So we'll give an example of real time. At the start of this, the first thing I said was, is if you haven't watched last week's episode, be sure to watch Jared's big unveiling of what he did that was embarrassing. And that's me. I was giving, I'm teasing him. I'm giving him crap because we were trying to remember what it was we wanted to talk about today. And I was pulling up the end of our interview before we got on and, and Jared's like, Oh, don't make me hear myself again. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing him. Right. I am teasing him. And now in that moment, Jared has a host of choices of what he can decide. That means he can think, wow, I'm just being an inconsiderate jerk that I'm doing it, that he literally just said, don't make me do it. And now I'm teasing him and, and going and telling everybody that he's like, what an inconsiderate asshole. He could think I'm being racist. He could think I'm being offensive. He could think I'm being all these things. He could also think, man, that's cool that our friendship's so strong that he feels comfortable, you know, giving me shit like that. But it's all Jared deciding it. And then whatever he decides is going to be his experience of that experience. And that's what's so important with this is like, we're going around thinking people should have to like it's like oh you're offending me you need to change are, are we asking ourselves what part of us is being offended yes. why are we, why is it that we're being offended now are there some people who are going out of their way to be blatantly racist absolutely are there some people who are going out of their way to be blatantly sexist absolutely is that the majority i mean i i would struggle to say Yes, I, I would think it's a, it's a very, very small minority. And I think most of it is, is just people who are so social, as socially awkward as you and I are, are as, as uncomfortable and insecure in their own skin as you and I are, that probably have some of the same self-doubt thoughts going through the head that you and I are. And they're stumbling through life, just like all of us, trying to figure out how the hell do I fit in and be a part of a community or a tribe and, and, Oh, this person said something once that was, seems like it okay. And they kind of got to laugh. And so maybe I can dip my toe in it and try to get some sort of response too. Uh, and Jared, I'll let you tell the story about the, the wig, because I think oh. that's, that's a great example of, of now the escalation of this. Okay. So I, I want to tell that story. And, but first I want to say that, when you when you jumped on the sexist thing, that happened to us. 
that happened to us, like our third, what was that, like our third or fourth show, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, oh, said something. I don't know. I think it was probably me. Me or you. One of us said something sexist and we, we let it roll down. You know, a woman should never approach a group of men alone, right? That's just dangerous, right? And everyone was like, oh, that's wrong. That should never be happening, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, that's, that's just, that's just like, it was like a man, technically. <laughs> yeah. I was more okay with the man putting his life in danger. <laughs> it's like, you're not, you're not intending to be like you, for you, you're coming from this place of, I'm trying to protect this person. I'm trying to be loving and considerate. And I think, and that was such a great discussion that ensued afterwards because we got to have these conversations in real times, which is really one of the cool things about this group is that people are open to having those discussions as yeah. opposed to you go outside of this group and it just turns into, you know, here's the label run with it. And, and that's it. And it's, it's like, I don't know. And I want you to tell this wig story. So I don't want to go on too okay. much of a tangent, but yeah, yeah if you tell okay, the wig so story, the, then the, we'll wig, the wig story is like this. And um, actually a group member sent me the story. Wesley sent me the story. Um, there was a teacher, I think in Kansas city and she wore a Patrick Mahomes wig to school before the super bowl right before the super bowl and a reporter had compared it to black like blackface and i was like oh come on i'm like all fans wear like fans wear wigs right fans you know dress up like their favorite star they put on the jersey right <laughs> you know what i mean they do all of that kind of stuff i was like it's the extra mile of painting your face to somebody's skin tone that's really offensive but that's a it's a completely like it's a different spectrum right <laughs> between wearing a wig and painting your face a different color i mean like you know it's just so extra so i, I just you know i just i i was like no i can't i can't dig i can't dig on that but it's but the fact that a reporter would actually say that and the fact that the fact that somebody's i don't even think a kid got upset I think a kid probably told their parent and their parent got upset, right? Like, I, I think, because I think a kid's probably thought it was funny and cool and blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, I imagine Patrick Mahomes is a hero in Kansas City. Yes, of course they do. Right? So <laughs> they're thinking how cool their teacher is probably that coming in, like, that's their super person or whatever. Doc, can you imagine the teacher that, that, that wears the, the Patrick Mahomes wig? You know they're the coolest teacher. Yeah. You know, if not, if not the coolest, they're definitely one of the coolest teachers in the school. Hundred percent, absolutely. Right? You know, and and it's and and for and for that to happen, right? For them to, for for it to make the fucking news that your teacher wore a fucking Patrick Mahomes wig, man. I mean, like that's that's crazy to me. And that's I think it's great it made the news, but I think it should have been made the news in a different way. Yeah, like, hey, this teacher is like, look at how cool this teacher is to like bring the the Super Bowl spirit to their their kids in classroom at a time during COVID when so many people are feeling isolated, alone, and disconnected. I mean, that's that's what I mean about people taking responsibility for their own feelings because there's always there's whatever story we decide to tell. So yes. there's teacher wearing wig, and then there's you know, and I'm assuming the teacher is probably white, which is probably part of the reason this this right. Yeah. Um, and so white teacher wears wig. Now we just add an extra emotional layer to it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and it could still be these things of this, you know, cool teacher wears wig to bring, you know, connection and, and excitement to kids at school at a time during COVID when so many people are struggling with mental health and feeling disconnected, you know, bringing extra hope and joy. But no, I almost promise you that was her intention. For sure. Yeah, I would bet it. I would bet or money on it. I think it was a her. It was a, it was a woman. But yeah. Yeah. But instead, it ends up getting turned into, we want to make it into this other story of, of probably privileged, disconnected white woman, uh, you know, takes one step removed from blackface and is painting a, setting a horrific example of America to a group of kids. You know, there's, that's only true if we decide to believe it. But the problem I think is we're getting so far into this, this cancel culture place that we're, that we're allowing ourselves to buy into these stories. Yeah. With, and so then we're just jumping on. And so most of us were getting our information through headlines. And so then everybody else is scrolling through that headline and they see uh, blackface school teacher or whatever it is. They're you, thinking nothing else other than that. You know, if you take that approach, like the approach that people are taking on council culture and stuff, right? The whole world becomes evil. Yeah. Very quickly. Everybody becomes a villain. You know what I mean? Because because we all have <clears throat> we all have those sides to ourselves. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. There are parts of me, right? And parts of my personality that women would call sexist. Absolutely freaking lutely. I'm not going to lie. And there are certain stereotypes that at times I will make a joke about believing in or something like that, right? There are black stereotypes, white stereotypes, Asian stereotypes, Hispanic, Mexican stereotypes. I, you know, there are, right? And I try to do it in the, in the right places with the right audience, right? With people that I know can, can, can dig on it. But I don't, believe anything about the character of those people in terms of their races or ethnicities or blah 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 i don't think their character is lacking right but certain stuff is funny and 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 i do think it's a man's job to protect a woman and especially if he's if that's his if that's the lady that he's with right i do think it's more of a man's i mean do i think women's job is to protect children too absolutely but i do think it's part of a man's job to, to, to protect you know children and you know that's why i joined the marines right defend them defend the defenseless right defend right and so you know i i think that's i and i think that when people i think that there are certain types of statements that obviously like are offensive and blah 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 but other times i think like you know People should allow people to take on the, you know, some of the roles that they believe that they should. If that makes any kind of sense. I think and it's, huh? it's, it's the opportunity to celebrate people for who they are and why they're doing it in the first place, as opposed to jump to a fit, fast conclusion. I often tell people feelings don't have to be facts until you make them a fact. But what happens is most of us, like, again, life is emotion. We're always playing this emotional game. And it's, mm -hmm. it's this emotional roller coaster. And I think for most of us, we are in the, in the current world, I, I, most of us are not fulfilled in all aspects of our lives. And so when we lack fulfillment internally, we go externally to try to find it. 
you know, that could be alcohol, drugs, it could be social media, it could be food, it could be drama, it could be politics, it can be anything. And we go external to find it and, and we, we might moonlight it like we're doing it because we believe in it, it's a good cause, but more than anything, we're doing it. I think most in some sort of selfish capacity because we are not fully fulfilled. And so we're going externally to try to get something else to get us to be fulfilled. So if I see Jared and he's saying, he's saying the statement of, I believe men should protect women. And I hear nothing else. I filter out the whole story about I joined the Marine Corps. I'm not considering like, you know, national armed forces are having some sort of motto about, Hey, you're supposed to join, you're protecting your country, you're protecting and serving. And that that is a ingrained in his belief system so much so that he would be willing to put his life on the line to defend the country. If I'm discounting all that, and I'm just going from that statement, because in that moment I say, Oh, Jared's sexist or Jared's racist or Jesse's racist. It elicits an emotional response in me. Now it could be anger, it could be upset, it could be frustration, it could be disappointment. For a lot of us, it's typically anger. And what anger does is it's such an interesting emotion because when we feel uncertain, uncomfortable in our lives, we feel scared, we feel vulnerable, we feel unfulfilled. Anger is the fastest way to certainty. It is the fastest way to feel right about something. And all that other stuff often stems because we feel out of balance or not right, right in something in our life. So, oh, well, here, let me get angry about this. But we all, we're, we're choosing that story. Like, I mean, we can say, well, the emotion, I can't control the emotions. Yeah, you may not control the initial response because you haven't done the conditioning to give yourself that point to pause and take a breath and ask those questions about, well, why is, why is this this? Why is this? Why is that teacher really wearing the wig? What other reasons might they be wearing the wig? And, and so like, for me, I keep coming back to this place. Like, what is it that we are allowing and where do we go from here that now it's okay to have a teacher who's wearing a wig very much likely to probably show the Super Bowl spirit because it's something exciting and meaningful. And the kids, Patrick Mahomes, I'm betting is probably one of their heroes. And now that teacher is going to be labeled as racist or inconsiderate or whatever that is. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about it strikes a chord in somebody, like it touches on their own insecurities, right? Because that's the reason why you didn't get upset about the comedian talking about you. You recognize he was doing it for laughs. That's his job. It's his mission. You know, this is his life goals. He's your goal setter. And this is, this is his stage and yeah. he's got his chance and, you know, you're just getting, awesome. you're, yes, right? And, you're, and you were secure enough in your own skin to, both to recognize that these are just jokes and, you know, this is, this is not a reflection on me, what he says. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I feel very secure talking to you and we're friends. So when you josh on me or we make jokes or you, you make outrageous statements about Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, all that kind of stuff, whenever you do stuff like that, I know that is cool, right? <laughs> it's just joking. <laughs> but, but um, you know, it's, it's when somebody makes a statement and you're unsure about your relationship with them, mm. right? Or you're unsure about, or it triggers something that happened to you in the past that you really haven't let go of. I think that happens really, really often, right? And, and so it triggers some sort of insecurity. And it's a lot of people who 
feel insecure about their race, especially black people, right? Insecure about, you know, perceptions and everything around race. You know, women who feel insecure or like everybody's going to look at them a certain way in business and work and everything else like that because they're a woman, right? And so with those jokes or statements, they, they hit those insecurities, right? They hit those, those places and, uh, and, the person, and, 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 and people fly off. They lose control of their emotions because it, it hit them in the soft spot. You know what I mean? It hit them in the soft spot. And, uh, but if they were more secure themselves, then it wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? And, and you would, even if it did, it, even if it did, it'd be like, well, that's just one person. You wouldn't multiply it out to see, oh man, I like that. All white people are like that. Yeah. All black people are that way. <laughs> and it's okay to have soft spots. You know, it's okay to have those insecurities. And the thing is, is we're not going to solve those soft spots and insecurities by making somebody who's wearing a wig pre-Super Bowl into, into a horrible person, into an inconsiderate, whatever it is. Like it's, we're, we're, going to, we're going to solve those soft spots and insecurities by having open dialogues with one another like actually learning what somebody's story is, what they're thinking, what was their intention asking that question and understanding, and then looking at ourselves above all else and saying, well, why am I feeling this way? Like, what is it about me that it's, you know, there's inevitably a great exercise anyone can do just to test this out is, is we all know that the majority of times we fight with our partners. And if we're really honest, we fight not because of what actually happened. We fight because of what, what happened means to us, or more importantly, they do a behavior and then because they do that behavior, we feel devalued and vulnerable with it. Right. And so it's, it's never about taking the trash out. It's about them not caring enough to think about how much it means to us. Mm -hmm. Next time you're in a fight with your partner, just think about the last time you got in an argument with your partner, what would have happened if you would have just asked a question right when the fight starts and you just asked them, what are you afraid of right now? What are you afraid of? Think about that. <laughs> what do they say? You know, if there's a really, if you've created a dynamic within the relationship where you can have those open dialogues, what inevitably comes up for that person is, is, well, what I'm afraid of right now is that you just don't love me. Or what I'm afraid of right now is that you care more about this than me, or it's something else to that capacity. Yeah. Most, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's like most of the time, the people that we're sharing life with are not horrible, bad people that are trying to do horrible, mean stuff to us. But in our feelings, we react to it based off the story we're telling ourselves about that person. And then we're taking our own insecurities and projecting them on us. And I just, I, that's why I say is if we assume that, that most of these people out here are not trying to be cruel and mean, that they're similar, more similar to us than we may want to imagine and realize it's like, we keep canceling them. I mean, we're going to cancel out our own ability to, I don't, I don't even know where it's just, there's, there's no ceiling on it. Like it's, it shouldn't it feels be like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think we get lost if it, if it continues like really lost in a, in a place that no one will feel like they can be honest with anyone else. You know what I mean? You lose, you, you'll lose a sense of uh, the mask that everybody wears becomes more real. Anyway, man, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I appreciate it so much. I grow so much from our conversations, man. Like today was like, especially a lot of growth for me. Um, you know, 
uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Dude, uh, likewise, Jared. Like, this is honestly some of my favorite time of the week. It really is. Like, I, I love the time together. I get so excited for the time. And it's, it's just, I don't know who listens and who watches, how many people. I know a few <laughs> people do, but I just, I, I hope you know that how much you're making this investment in your time, it makes a difference, at least in one life, and that's mine. Well, and I am, I'm definitely, I know without a doubt, I'm a better human being because of the last however many months now we've been doing this in our time together. Ditto, man. Same, same. Better, a better, more introspective. I, all that stuff, man. And um, um, yeah, I've grown. I've grown a lot, and I've, I've grown a lot. And I'll tell you this. I, I, I think you do too, right? Like every once in a while, I'll get some feedback from people who just read the comments and don't dive in in the group, right? <laughs> so, so there are quite a few people who just read the comments and don't comment. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. So I think we're, we're, we're you know, we, we touch, I think we touch maybe more people than, than, than actually, you know, say something in the group. So that's, it's awesome. I, I got to go though, man. I oh, yeah, go. yeah. All right. We'll talk soon, buddy. And All take right. care, everybody. And so just comments. What is your opinion? Thoughts on cancel culture? Let us know. And we will see you all next week.